0: You're listening to the Saluki Games Cast. My name is Justin Young. This is episode 39 for February 24th, 2023. Joining me as always are Alicia Utek, OJ Duncan, and Ryan Frills. Hey everyone, how are you doing?
1: It's that time of the semester, Justin. <laughs> it's that time of the semester, Justin. It
0: is not that time of the semester. It's it's not even the end of February yet. Hey,
2: I'm working on my dissertation. It's always that time of the semester.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> okay, well, I'll give you I'll give you that.
3: Otherwise, I'm doing well though. So, <laughs> other than working on your dissertation, yeah, things
0: are going decently. Yeah. Okay. Well. Other than that being what you're working on all the time, <laughs> yeah, life is going pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But how are you doing, Justin? We haven't heard from that you went on that in a while.
0: I think you asked me last week, actually.
1: <laughs> well, that's a whole seven days. Yeah.
0: I
2: wasn't there, so how
0: are you doing? Well, you should be listening to the podcast, so you, you are caught mm-hmm. up on my well-being. I didn't
1: say
2: I wasn't listening. I just said I wasn't there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. I, you know, it's... it's it's not that time of the semester, so it's not too chaotic yet. When it gets about mm-hmm. April, it'll get mm-hmm. to that time of the semester and mm-hmm. things just become pure chaos. That's so, fair. Um, but right now, I'm I'm pretty pretty good. Other than like the weather is driving me nuts. Like we had oh my in the like mm-hmm. 70s the other day and mm-hmm. now I'm wearing a sweatshirt. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy weather. So yeah.
1: It was 72 days ago and then now it's like 34.
0: Yeah, so yeah, weather wise things not maybe not so great. Um, but I did it's okay, we're not in Snowmageddon 2.0. Yeah, that's true. I'm getting like, the text, but my,
1: my whole family the past two days has worked from home because <laughs> they got 14 inches of snow and two feet of snowdrifts. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Fun. <laughs>
0: Yep. It's fun to live in the northern part of the (laughs) country. It
1: is. I'm jealous. It's February. We should have snow. I agree. (laughs) Eh. (laughs) I
0: I like snow when it's on the ground. I don't like it when it's on like ice and stuff on the sidewalks. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, ice sucks. Mm, ice sucks. Like snow a, is good. Like light, fluffy snow on the ground. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Somewhere
2: like Vanilla Ice was listening to this podcast and a single tear ro- rolls down his cheek. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess he couldn't handle the pressure. <laughs> ice. ice, ice, baby. Yeah. Ice, I guess the ice, ice is
0: a baby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the ice broke under pressure. <laughs> Cracked. Ow,
0: boom. <laughs>
2: that, that was a deep cut. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that joke. No, I once had a friend that like I was hearing a song that was um not Ice Ice Baby, but it was also sampling under pressure. And I'm like, Oh, I love that song, it's sampling. And she's like, Okay. And then like, all right, well since you love it, and then tries to put on Ice Ice Baby. And I'm like, <laughs> that wasn't the original song that had that sound in it. That that's from Under Pressure. And on that day they found out that Vanilla Ice was sampling Queen and David Bowie.
3: <laughs> no, there was a difference. It because... goes Versus da 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 da
1: Still ripping off something I my <laughs> so,
2: Have, you, such have, a have you ever seen listen. that interview?
3: No, I haven't. Oh, okay. So I guess that isn't funny now that I did that. I've seen I, it. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: to be fair, it's funny because I never actually listened to Ice Ice Baby, so I didn't know it's arguably sampled under pressure. and mm-hmm. Now I'm hearing that it's slightly mm-hmm. different, so I, I, I
1: don't know. But. Sampled in yeah. air quotes.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's... That's really kind of a, a fun uh, a fun rabbit trail to go down. Like, all the, like, lawsuits that went on mm-hmm. over sampling of music and everything. Like, now we kind of just assume artists are going to do that, but it used to be much more contentious. So it's kind of fun to go.
2: Well, I think recently, like, the people that, like, did, like, I'm Too... I don't know the band that did I'm Too Sexy for My Shirt. Like, mm-hmm. tried to, like... Right
0: Said Fred. Mm-hmm.
2: Right Said Fred. Like, they tried to say, well, Beyonce stole from us. They, they sampled without our permission. And they're like, no, we didn't. We can even prove that we had your permission. Mm-hmm. Like, so they tried to make a big fiasco mm-hmm. out of it when they're like, no, we, we have proof that we mm-hmm. asked for you. You were all happy about us sampling you. And mm-hmm.
0: Look, <laughs> Right Said Fred needs people to know that they still exist. <laughs> 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 um,
2: See, I will always associate that song with Shrek 2, so I don't even
1: associate it with them. Honestly, so. same <laughs> like, oh, like Prince Charming. Yeah. That that is the number one thought in my head with that song. Yeah. Shrek two is
2: like changed who we associate music with now. Fact.
0: Yeah, Hallelujah. No,
1: that was
2: hallelujah. Shrek one.
0: Oh, is that Shrek one? <laughs>
1: but like, no, Shrek two though gave us. You know, some people think of you know the original song with Ooga Chugga, mm-hmm. <laughs> hooked on a feeling. Mm-hmm. Some people think of Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Nope. I think of freaking Captain Hook in <laughs> Far, Far Away
3: Idol singing it terribly. <laughs> well, I think Ally McBeal. Oh, yeah. And of
2: course, the song Hero. I, I don't associate <laughs> that with Footloose, which I have a better ending. A way to have made improved that movie with a better ending. But I associate that with Shrek 2.
0: Shrek wait, two wait, wait, are you saying you can improve Footloose? Easily. Shrek
3: 2 right, is no.
1: proof that the second can be better, whether it's the a, a second version of a song or a second movie, because Shrek 2 is completely perfect.
0: Isn't Shrek 2 the one that uses All Star? No, that's, that's the first, first one. one. Is it the first one? Man. And <laughs> Justin, I, I think we need to have
1: I think we need to have a Shrek
2: marathon. <laughs> no.
0: No, we, we really don't.
2: And here's how I could improve footloose. It's you just alternate ending uh kevin bacon is like to john lithgow hey you're only against dancing because you can't dance old man and john lithgow's like yeah and kevin bacon's like yeah and so they then have a dance off and then john lithgow just like humiliates kevin bacon and does way better than him and like dance kicks him out off the stage and then like kevin bacon leaves in shame and john lithgow wins and it's the sad ending but i like john lithgow so i'm happy with it and that's the end of the movie (laughs)
0: So, do you just want them breakdance fighting? <laughs> yes, that would be entertaining.
2: Yes, I think that would have been a better ending to a very strange movie. Okay, uh, I, I just, I just want to that? see John Lewis Galwin. All right, that's, that's a surreal motivation. Or, or it could have been done from um, Kevin Bacon's love interest perspective, and it could have been retitled "Bringing Home the Bacon." That's the other way to improve it. <laughs>
3: So, to be clear, you're, you're saying how to make Footloose better for you specifically.
2: I, I think it's objectively better in this way. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ryan's bad movie taste. <laughs> this has been another episode of Ryan's bad movie corner taste. <laughs> Next week, he'll be telling us how he can fix Casablanca to get together in the end. <laughs> 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 um, all right, let's move on to what you've been playing. Alicia, I know that you've been doing nothing but playing games this last week. Oh, of so course. Tell I haven't, us about it.
1: I haven't been distracted at all by a kitten who is starting to crawl on counters and bite my nose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is he doing it while you're asleep?
1: Sometimes. No. Sometimes Good. while I'm awake. I'm just like, dang it, you're lucky you're cute. Um. Yeah, it has been... Another busy week. I really haven't been able to play a whole lot of games. I went back and did a little bit more on Pokemon Violet, just kind of casual shiny hunting. I'm not really intense enough to, like, go crazy trying to shiny hunt. But, you know, one of the things with Scarlet and Violet is when there's mass outbreaks of specific Pokemon, you're more likely to find a shiny there. And after you complete the Pokedex, you get the shiny charm, so that also increases your odds. So I've been hitting up the mass outbreaks, trying to find shinies there, but no luck so far, in spite of all the all of my online friends have, like, 30-plus shinies, and I'm just like... And then there's me, who has never seen a shiny in-game that wasn't guaranteed to be shiny, like the Red Gyarados in Johto.
0: Mm-hmm. Huh. So are... are are the people you know who are finding them? are they just playing a lot more so that? Um, some of them, some of them, not really.
1: I don't know, yeah. I don't know what it is with you know, so some of them, um, like one of my friends on Twitch does do shiny hunting, and so like for multiple weeks, she was shiny hunting Fukoko. And while she was doing that, she found like Psyduck and I forget, she found twenty four other shinies in the time that she was trying to hatch a shiny Fukoko. <laughs> and I'm like, I how? How do you just come across these? What how does this work?
0: <laughs> and they're not doing anything different than what you're doing, as far as you can tell?
1: Um, uh, as far as I can tell with those, I mean when when they're shiny hunting to like get uh, like she was doing there's a method called masuda breeding so what to get shiny to increase your odds for a shiny pokemon hatched from an egg so what you do is you get a ditto from another continent in the world so there's a trade code set up to like get dittos from europe for or asia or wherever and then that and then you breed your pokemon that you have with that ditto and that's supposed to increase your odds of getting a shiny from the egg. So, well, like with that, like I'm not I'm not intense enough to do any of that. And so, but she was doing a lot of that, trying to get shiny Coco. And then while you're running around trying to hatch the eggs, she would just like come across all these different shinies. And I'm just like, I, I, we completed the same Pokedex. We have the same shiny charm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: How? <laughs> How are you, are you getting all these? Yeah,
3: the, isn't there a shiny food too?
1: <laughs> there is, but she wasn't using it okay. every time. I, I know she used it some of the times, mm-hmm. but uh, there were... How many times was I actually on stream when she was? I know there was at least four of them that I was on stream that she hadn't done mm-hmm. the... Like, she goes, she does raids to get the Urban Mystica to be mm-hmm. able to increase shiny odds, but then I don't ever see her making the sandwiches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm just like, what, what are we doing differently Mm -hmm. in terms of (laughs) running around to find wild, shiny Pokemon?
0: Oh, that's interesting. Cause I mean, if it's completely, you know, like a statistical chance, it could just be, you know, it's like flipping a coin, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's supposed to be 50, 50, but it's not ever, you know, I suppose if you do it enough times, it starts to approach 50, 50. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with something like that where you have a 0.1% chance, let's say, of I getting I think it's this.
1: one in, I think once you get the shiny charm, it goes down to one in 659 or something. I'm going to look this up. This is going to bother me. <laughs>
0: I'm just impressed that you have that number offhand. <laughs> like, I don't think I have any statistics like that offhand in my o- head. Only
1: shiny odds because I'm friends with a lot of shiny hunters.
0: <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, that's interesting to see that people are are just being more lucky, it sounds mm-hmm. like. Right? Like, they're not actually doing anything different. They're just getting more lucky, which is kind of frustrating in a game. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Okay. So, just off just in general i was way off i was missing a number there <laughs> the chance of seeing a shiny pokemon is 1 in every 8192 or probability of 0.01220703125% during each encounter try a pokemon ramp with those numbers
0: <laughs> okay i said 0.1 0 okay. 0.01 so
1: okay and then with the with the masuda method Okay, that's where I've got 600 from. With the Masuda method, without a shiny charm, the rate is 1 out of 683 for a shiny egg. With the shiny charm, the odds are 1 out of 512. Okay, so in Scarlet and Violet.
0: Mm-hmm. Those are pretty good odds. You sound like you should find one eventually. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, but I don't do Masuda breeding cuz I'm not that mm-hmm. intense. Mm-hmm. I don't I like I like shiny Pokémon. I don't care that much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't want to become a like a Dog breeder,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I, you know,
0: you're not making labradoodle poodles (laughs) (laughs) in like a back room or something.
1: Yeah, you know what did she get? I think she got to like one thousand four hundred thirteen before she got her shiny Fukoko. So Mm -hmm. even those Masuda odds aren't really guaranteed.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, um, all right. So. more Pokemon more hunting the hunt continues
1: the hunt continues the hunt is a very casual hunt but it continues <laughs> all right
0: cool um, Ryan what have you been playing
1: okay well before I say what I've been playing I just want to point
2: out I'm insulted that I would that you'd say I would try to improve Casablanca that is a fine perfect movie it would be Citizen King and I would try to improve anyway <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> you've been anyway. sitting on that response for a while <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so I, I was waiting to say
2: that Um I just don't like Orson Welles. right? I I, I I get that it's a good movie. I don't like that man. Anyway, um, so mostly game wise, uh, like with kart like like it's been a couple of weeks since, but I played Mario Kart with Carly, who was on the podcast in my place a couple of weeks, ago. and happy to say I still got it with that game. I haven't played that game in years, and I was doing really good. Um, the only the main issue was is that those tiny Switch controllers. My hands were kind of cramping up on them a couple times, <laughs> like, ah. Uh, so I was like, really missing the Wii mote with the wheel, which I understand they have wheels for these too. So I might have to get back into Mario Kart and using those. But I, um, you'll probably all be surprised to find out I was using the character Waluigi. Uh, what?
3: Wow. Who's that? I don't know.
2: <laughs> I, I. Ouch. Um, <laughs> but um, I. Is
0: he a Pokemon? <laughs>
2: I mean, I think he's what, I think he's technically Mew Three. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> you, you play Pokemon, you finally get to Mew Three, and it turns out to be Waluigi. Um, but uh, it was it was just such it was so nice, and it just felt like going back to my younger days playing video games. And I I, I don't think I realized how much I missed playing Mario Kart. I just sure. I've mostly been doing one player games on my own, so I hadn't played it in a while. Um, but I still very much love Mario Kart. I, I'm kind of now thinking of getting my own copy. Um, but, uh, there's not much else to say. I don't think there's anything new I can say about Mario Kart. Just, it's insane how many levels they have and how well and smooth it plays. Like, um, it, it doesn't play much different than I remember playing it on the Wii, but I don't think there's anything you really need to change. Don't fix something that's already perfect, really.
0: Yeah, if you get that DLC, there's close to 100 levels. Yeah. Like by the end, after all that gets released, and they've got the new um, Yoshi's Island level coming out in like a month or so. So there's still new content coming out for that game, which is really cool and makes that game, Mm -hmm. you know, worth revisiting.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah, I look forward to trying to play that one more. Um, I'm going to, next time me and Carly hang out and we're playing video games, I'm going to specifically request we play that again because. Oh, it was fun reliving my glory days with that. Um, <laughs> other than that, I haven't played much but Marvel's Snap. Um, I've just been having a lot of fun with the fact that I now finally have Spider-Man, and I can make things difficult. Like, I usually don't like to do things that make it hard for people to play their cards, because I don't like it when people do that to me, but I'm not going to lie. Whenever there's a situation where it's like, on turn 5, you have to play your cards here, I love using turn 4 to just block that space.
0: So and somebody did that to me last night. <laughs>
2: Was it you? Maybe. Um, but i not going to lie. In that case, I'm like, <laughs> um, but I, I've just been having a blast having Spider-Man. Spider-Man's my favorite Marvel character. Um, but I've been mostly jumping back and forth with using like the Guardians of the Galaxy and trying to predict when people are going to place their cards. And because I hadn't done that in a while and I'm having fun going back and doing that. Um and also, I've been uh, going back and using the apocalypse strategy where you destroy where you keep destroying Apocalypse until he gets like super buff and super powerful. Um, but I recently finally got death, so I think I'm gonna try to make use of death next and try to build a deck around her. because um, I've during the character can be hard to fight sometimes, but now I have it, and I can't wait to use it. Um, aside from that, I, it's not a video game I played but I did start watching the movie Tron which is video game related yes. and it's because that I've never watched Tron but that game piqued my interest and mm. I started watching I say that cuz I have 17 minutes left and here's why I think that movie is a very visually awesome movie it it's one of the only movies that I've ever gotten a headache watching though like something about the mm. visuals of it mm-hmm. does like yeah. produce a headache in me like um Strengths about the movie, um, I do think it's interesting how it touches on a lot of ideas that are that are still really relevant. Like, um, like so, you know, there's so people that are not aware. Tron is about a guy who gets kicked out of a company um, that's doing corrupt things, and him and some of his other friends that are dissatisfied with the company try to hack into their system. But then he gets trapped into their video games, and he ends up playing with, uh app versions of them, basically, that, you know, are, like, bots or what, I can't remember what terminology the thing itself uses, but they're basically bots, but they look like programs, but they look like the people that programmed, yeah, but, um, there's interesting issues of, like, authorship that come into play, because, I mean, I'm particularly, because that, that was always an issue in games, like, specifically, I know, with Atari, like, they were taken, they were seen as products, that people were making and not like artwork, and those people weren't properly credited for a long time. Um, and then recently, with the Roblox video by uh, HBomberguy Bomber guy talking about how um, how that's still an issue because you know people like Tommy Talarico are trying to take credit for other people's work, um, and we're not necessarily talking about like games and as like big things made by one person, but made by various people and then one guy coming in and taking credit for it. So. Like when we talk about people getting screwed over by the company um, and not being given credit for it, specifically in this case, uh, Jeff Bridges' character who made a bunch of games and he's not being credited for them, um, this movie feels really relevant still. Um,
0: yeah, there's there's been a lot to blow up recently about that with uh, with people being left out of the credits of games. Yeah, and you know, and their argument is if we're not in the credits. Then how do we prove that we worked on this game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's really
1: big a really big issue with like the Bendy games and with the hive swap game that the creator of Homestuck mm-hmm. moved on to do. And it's like it's really crappy business practice, particularly when they're like, Oh, well, we're overhauling everything, so we're we're just not gonna Um, You know, specifically, I remember I watched a video essay talking about Andrew Hussey and Hive Swap, and he admitted in an email, like, yeah, probably some of her work was still in that, but, you know, she just left the company in such a snit that we just didn't want to credit her. Oh, I hate Hussey. Hussey is a disgusting human being, but that's neither here nor there. Mm. That's (laughs) another rant for another day. (laughs) I all that's, that's
2: another rant for another day. I've watched I have I'm not familiar with Homestruck. I now definitely don't want to get into it because I saw Sarah Zed's videos on it. those are the ones and oh oof. yeah. Um, but going back to Tron things I also appreciate about it is visually remarkable looking movie. I mean I know, like I know it's like dated visual effects, but there's just nothing else that looks like this movie that I've ever seen. Um, and it does have the problem of I get a headache after a while, but before then, it's really cool to look at. Um, I didn't know that Mobius worked on, like, the costume designs and stuff like that, Um, and I, you know, major, as far as, like, musical score, major work by a a trans musical artist, Wendy Carlos, Um, and... Aside from that, I just I think the cinematography is really cool. Even when we're out of the computer world, like just the one of the shots of the cubicles, like going up to an elevator and just seeing how far out this cubicle span to where it gets cut off, like it's just like this endless set of boxes for people to be fit into, and how, in that case, like the real world, quote unquote, looks just as like um robotic as the digital world. Like how there's kind of this like idea of mechanizing workers that feel because through that sense of repetition and pattern. Um, and how it gives a feeling on that. Things that I think you know aren't the best. Like, and I I don't like diss the movie for this, but like, a lot of the characters aren't themselves that interesting. I, I think the most interesting character in it is Jeff Bridges' character. Um, but I, it's a world I want to see people do more cool stuff with. Um, so I do want to go and watch uh, the next Tron movie. And I, <sighs> Jared when did- Leto is going to be in the third
1: one. I oh, no. When you watch the second one, just remember you're not watching it for the plot. <laughs>
0: you're I, watching
2: yeah. it
1: for the visuals
2: and I'm daft punk.
0: I'm
1: okay
2: with that. I, but I think I can survive that.
0: Like people mock that second film for that, but that's really true of the first Tron too. Like you're yeah. really mm-hmm. watching that movie for its style. Yeah. yeah right. Like they, I mean, when you talk about how that movie looks, like, yeah, that was the thing about that movie, right? People are copying that decades later still mm-hmm. yeah. like people don't appreciate sometimes. I think that sort of uh glowing neon look and everything that you see everywhere in video games, particularly, but you see it in movies and stuff. Um, you know, like I watched the new Ant-Man th- the other night and mm. that borrows <laughs> some of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of the design and the background of the, the cities and stuff like is borrowing from that. And I didn't think of that, um, mm-hmm. So, you like, yeah, that movie is extremely, um, you know, extremely, like, changed the way movies look and the way that uh, games look <laughs> and, and everything, and it's still having an impact, you know, what, 40-something years later at this point. Um, so, y- yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't blame you for having that reaction at all, because that's, <laughs> yeah. like, that's what's yeah. so cool about that movie.
2: And, like it makes me want to have, like, the perfect version of this because, like, I love those parts so much and it just it leaves me hungry in other areas because, like, like, you know, you, I, you just said, like, the plot was the first one and that's true, but there's, like, really interesting ideas that it has that it wants to play sure. with and I just, I want a movie that um, has story and writing that measures up to the style and also just the ideas it's going into because um, I think that idea of authorship um, in the digital age is a very interesting idea to keep working with. And I think that's one to keep building on and complicating and how we look at, especially, you know, I'd like to see Tron take on more like regarding like stuff like remix culture and stuff. So
1: I was about to say, may I offer you some fan fiction in this trying time, but then I, that that wouldn't really hit the visual component though. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, but I, I do think that's why you see Disney keep trying. Yeah. Right. Like people like forget the first Tron bombed at the box office and then the second Tron bombed at the box office And we're getting a third Tron, (laughs) and it's because I think everybody knows there's something there if they can just get all those components right. Well, Well, we
1: had Tron Uprising, but they never really advertised it properly enough.
0: Right, and we've had video games, and of course the arcade cabinet from the 80s when the film came out is considered a classic now, Um, but, you know, we're getting a ride at Disney World, and there's a reason we're getting all of this, because Tron's cool, (laughs) And, you know, there's a reason we're getting that new visual novel game because, like, Tron's cool, and yeah. eventually somebody's going to get it right.
2: And, mm-hmm. like, I think the person they should get to direct a Tron movie is Denis Villeneuve, the guy that did Blade Runner 2049 and the recent Dune movie. And sure. I think he'd be a good choice because I'm like, oh, God, like it, Arrival and Blade Runner 2049 are just among some of my favorite movies of all time, too, Um I think he's excellent at exploring sci-fi, and we already know he can do cyberpunk stuff really awesome. Um, I think he would be a good choice. And uh, do people even like Jared Leto anymore? Like, like I don't. Why is his name attached to? I like let's get Jared Leto to be in it. Like,
3: (laughs) I I have a soft spot in my heart for Jared Leto from uh, my so-called life when he was. I was uh, about to say
0: it's from my so-called life as Jordan Catalano because every. Every woman I know of mm-hmm. as of our age yeah. still has a soft spot for for him from that mm-hmm. show. Yeah, <laughs> I still have a
1: soft is. spot for him from the one one of the best concerts I ever went to at, was at the Minnesota State Fair. It was AFI, Thirty Seconds to Mars, and Lincoln Park, mm-hmm. and I I love Thirty Seconds to Mars. I love Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. I went for Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. Thirty Seconds to Mars put on the best show, mm-hmm. and yeah. Jared Leto. Is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I still have a lot of respect for him as a musician, and I still really like him as a musician.
0: So, there's your answer. <laughs> I, I'm happy. Two of the four of us. <laughs> I'm
2: happy you all have have positive associations with <laughs> Carello. I mean, I also
1: like, remember the 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 interesting take that he had on Joker, and that was not good.
2: <laughs> See, that's but, the main. That's one of the main things I associate him with is Joker yeah. from Suicide Squad.
1: And see, I always think of him as a musician first. The
2: only thing I think I've seen him do okay in is Blade Runner 2049, and even he wasn't really the more interesting part of that movie. Sure. And I think there was another movie I saw him in with Denzel Washington. I can't remember the name of it. But he managed to somehow be super bland and super creepy at the same time, mm-hmm. and that's, that's my feelings about Jared Leto. When he plays somebody, he's somehow both bland and creepy. That's
3: my grand. He was teen angst personified in my so-called life. Yeah, along with Claire Danes, they were both. They were teen angst. And See,
2: I can I can appreciate why people, even though she's done problematic shit too. Like, I can appreciate why people like Claire Danes. I, I Jared Leto just. I I don't I just I think I've only seen the bad things with Jared Leto. I think that's part of the thing here. I've only like. There's things he gets complimented on, and I'm hearing that you've all seen some of that, and I've only mm-hmm. seen the things that like people are like, what the hell was he doing?
3: Mm-hmm. It's Morbin time. God, <laughs> did he
1: actually say that in that movie? I never watched
2: no.
3: it. I don't know, I no. didn't watch it. No, I didn't, I didn't
1: watch it, but I watched the CinemaSins video, and I watched other people going and say, seeing it. They would have said if he
0: actually said that. No, I actually watched the movie. He never says it. I'm so movie. sorry. <laughs> well, I mean... Look, it, it's a bad movie. It It's not uniquely bad. So it's not Battlefield Earth, the theatrical version, bad, right? Like, it, it's just, it feels like an early 2000s comic book movie where, uh, like, ugh. the Fantastic Four <laughs> movies or, you know, that sort of thing where you're Daredevil. just... Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil's a good example. Um more even so, the electro film. Oh. Uh, it, it's just like, it, you're just like, okay, this is just a waste. Like mm-hmm. nobody, sh- talented people made a completely waste of a movie. Halle mm-hmm. Berry's
2: Catwoman. Well,
0: that one might be uniquely bad. That movie's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <But> there's <laughs> actually things like about that.
2: that I kind yeah. of like, and a, what the hell were you thinking? This is, Kind of hilarious in a way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to add to the discussion when we were talking about people being left off credits. Um, I had an interaction with a woman named Ashley Rochelle on uh, Twitter uh, about two weeks ago now. Um, and she had apparently worked on, I believe she worked on the original Metroid Prime and um, hmm. and then left. Um, maybe she worked just on the remaster, But anyways she basically got put into the uh, the credits but listed under special thanks. And she wasn't given a full credit because she left during the production of it. Mm. Um, That's shitty. And so, you know, I, the interaction I had with her is, like, this is the reason we need unions. All mm-hmm. video game development needs mm-hmm. to be unionized. So, mm-hmm. like, in film, because films are so unionized that's all set, like who appears in the credits and, Mm -hmm. you know, what their titles are and all that. Like, that's very set. Somebody works on a film. You can't just throw them out of the credits because, you know, they quit during part of it Mm -hmm. or something, or I, I guess I don't know the exact rules, but like you do have to give people credit. Um, you know, it's set by the union. And so that's something that video games are struggling with right now. So when you talk about, um, you know that those issues of authorship, then, yeah, that's a very, that's a very real issue today right now in video games. When you have hundreds of people contributing, are those hundreds of people all getting credit or not? Um, and you know, no, they're not mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, and that's unfortunate.
3: Um, all right, Ryan, is that everything?
0: Yeah.
3: All right. Uh, O.J,
0: what have you been playing?
3: Uh, so I haven't really had a whole lot of time. I had a really busy week, um, which I know none of you know anything about. So, <laughs> but <laughs> um, so I one thing that I was doing is since I've the, the expansion, the DLC is not on mobile games for Vampire Survivors yet. So uh, I've been looking for something to because I was playing so much of it. I'm I'm like oh I'm, hey I want to play this again. So I'm looking for a different game that's kind of like Vampire Survivors to try and get get that same feeling. So I tried one that was called Wizard Survival, which is it, – it's a decent game. There's not a lot of ads. You're not, you're not forced to do ads like many of the other survival games. But it's very, very easy in this game to just completely demolish everything. Mm. So uh, whereas you have to really work up in Vampire Survivors to get there, in this game – Rather than so, I I, w- I would always use garlic in Vampire Survivors, which would create like a field around you, and anytime anything went into that field, it would get hurt. And once you make it super strong, you start like draining and en- like uh, hit points from enemies and stuff like that. So it was really great. In this game, there are multiple different um, like types of powers. So there's like fire powers, lightning powers, wind powers, light, dark, etc. All of them have a f- Excuse me, all of them have a version of that, like garlic, where you just had to make this field around you, and you can get multiple different types. So you can get five or six different fields, and they all function slightly differently. but you still you get a bunch of them, and then it's just demolishing everything and you just stand there and everything comes. And unlike vampire survivors, you get the experience as soon as you kill something. You don't have there's gems that you can collect as well for extra experience. But as soon as things die, you just get the experience from them. So you don't even need to try and get, like, um, an orb to, like, pull the experience towards you. You just can start demolishing everything. You can get, like, five different types of the garlic or the, the field thing. Um, and then so right from the beginning, if you're lucky and you get those, then you can just sit there and not have to do anything. Um, no. So it's not as fun. That's unfortunate because it's stripping, like, the knock against vampire survivors
0: – I think people who haven't played it is, oh, well, where's the gameplay? Mm-hmm. And there actually is a lot of gameplay. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like this is what people think vampire survivors is.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm still going to play it a little more and explore some of the different um, things because they like a lot of the stuff gets really powerful. Um, and there's equipment that you can get from this. So uh, you have the powers, um, which is different things that do damage and stuff. But then you also have, um, what we see more as in Vampire Survivors is like the items that you pick up that um, do like passive things, right? So that has those as well. But then it also has equipment that you can pick up that does special things. And some of them make certain powers a lot more powerful. Some of them just do stuff like adding like range or adding co- or lowering cooldown and stuff. But some of them add spe- special specific things to certain powers, and then instead of a big evolution, like in Vampire Survivors, where it can change to become really big, you can add extra stuff onto them. Um, like you, uh, for let's see, for the light version of the field, once you get it to max level, then you can pick either increasing the size by fifty percent and the damage by fifty percent, or you can make it so it uh, lasts longer, or you can make it so that it doesn't last as long, but it does, like, 500% damage, right? So you can really change the things to however you want to play. So that's pretty awesome. I still need to explore it a little more and see see what's going on with it because I only have – I haven't gotten really very far in it. And this is called Wizard Survivor, and it's on mobile? Wizard Survival, yeah. Okay. And it's on Google Play. I don't know if it's on uh, iOS. Um, So that's fun. Uh, There's another – it's a game that I played for a long time. It's AE Mysteries, and essentially, oh. it's a, a company that made a bunch of different escape room type games, um, and then they brought they made AE Mysteries, which brings them all together into one app. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bunch of them, uh, and they they expand past just being an escape room, and then so there's a ton, ton of different mysteries, um, and they have different storylines. Like there's Detective Kate, who is a she's a police officer, and there's um, a bunch of different like serial killers and and stuff that are coming after her and she has to go through and do solve all these puzzles um like the first i think it's the first one um that she's in as like there was like a um like a convention and somebody was showing off their security um and then the person who was in the room showing off their like security systems was killed and you have to figure out who killed them and how they got around the security and all of that right um and then there's uh one that is there's a, a, a princess and uh, like someone came to like take over their country. And so she's on the run and she has to solve all these puzzles to get it. So there's really it's not like super deep stories, but there's there's good stories that you're following along with each of these. And I love a good escape room and I love a good escape room game uh, video game. Uh, so the reason I'm, I'm talking about this is they just came out with a new clue based one today. Uh, and I haven't gotten to play it yet, but I'm very excited to play it. Um, I just recently finished uh, the previous one that came out. And they come out with one maybe once every month or every two months.
0: And what is this called again?
3: So AE Mysteries. Hmm. Um, and so they go back and forth between creating new ones and then bringing in their old ones and adding them in this app. Um, there is a little bit of a, a a timer. So you get keys to unlock each chapter. Um, each thing has between, like, three and five chapters. Some of them have a few more. And um, so you you, uh, you unlock each chapter, and you get a key every, like, two hours. You can watch videos to reduce that timer, and then you can just buy keys. Um, also, within them, there is stars, and you collect stars. Like, uh, a bunch of levels will have a hidden star, and, like, you you see it, and you tap it, and you get a star. Um, and then generally when you beat a chapter, you get three stars, um, and you can use certain amounts to get hints, or to just go past the puzzle if you can't finish it. Um, so it's it's a really really good setup in there, and I really I've enjoyed all of them that I've played with it. Some I have had to skip a few puzzles though, and I'm I'm generally pretty good with them, but some of them are just a, a little too hard for me. Um, I don't think they're hard too hard for everybody, but mm-hmm. they're a little too hard for me. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I've been going back and looking through a few of those. Um, and then I, I took a break from Marvel Snap, um, and I'm coming back very slowly, playing a little bit because I, I really don't want to lose all the time I did that first few <laughs> weeks. <right? laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm coming back very slowly, giving myself like half an hour to play, and then. No, that, that. that's the way to come back to crack. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> just, just a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Work yourself up. Yeah, yeah. You can develop a tolerance, and then.
2: <laughs> we give such good advice on this podcast <laughs> oh my gosh
3: um, and then I we briefly touched on this before I saw Quantumania it's very very good I, I really I still am-
1: haven't seen it so don't spoil anything for me I won't
3: spoil anything I appreciated because uh, you already know that it, it's there Modoc. I really appreciated their take on MODOK. Um I really really appreciated I thought it was a, I I don't think it was Good. If we're talking, like, oh, this is a good drama, and I appreciate the storyline. But I really appreciated how Modak fit into the Ant Man universe and the MCU here. Um, and I also think that the uh, the villain Kang, is really well really well done. Hmm. Really, really liked him. So i I really appreciated that. I can't wait to see more because I think this is laying the groundwork for the rest of the MCU, the rest of the um, phases. MCU I,
2: I agree on that I I, I really liked it I, I don't think it's like by any means the best MCU movie mm-hmm. and I honestly probably think it's probably the weakest of that trilogy but it was still mm-hmm. a lot of fun and I by no means think this was like as far as it being like one of the only like Marvel movies to have like a certified rotten scorn on tomatoes <laughs> I think this is better than the, I think there's plenty of other Marvel movies this is better than I don't yeah
3: you know. it, it's it's really mid-range in in the MCU I'll be honest but I still enjoyed what was in it.
2: I wonder if this was like an like, expectation thing. People were expecting it to be so great that when so. it wasn't that, even mm-hmm. when it was more of a mid. For it the was New slightly too long for me, too. I, it could have
3: been shortened up. Um, but, yeah, no spoilers, but I I think it's really good.
0: I, I think part of the issue that we might be seeing is just that Marvel fatigue finally mm-hmm. settling in Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and that, You know, even when it's mid-range, people are so kind of tired of the formula. Mm -hmm. They're saying, okay, but, like, this is really, like, I I just didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen too many of these, Mm -hmm. right? I can get that. And that's the impression I get. I think that was sort of the the feeling I got Mm -hmm. by the end of it. Like, it's not terrible as a movie, Mm -hmm. but it also, it's also not a great movie. And do I need to see more just like, eh? That's mm-hmm. the book feeling movies? I've had
1: after a lot yeah. of the mm-hmm. recent and, Marvel projects.
0: Yeah, and so I can't blame anybody for liking it, mm-hmm. but like, am I a little just kind of burned out on it? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I feel like maybe that's where I stand with a lot of Marvel stuff right now. Mm-hmm. And so I don't care. I don't have the same excitement going into mm-hmm. it, and so that's probably yeah. coloring how I feel when I right. watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was
1: so excited for the first Ant Man movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I I grew up on the crappy avengers united they stand cartoon Mm -hmm. where like hank Pym and janet are the two leaders of the avengers in that and Mm so i was so excited for the first ant-man movie and then i was excited for the second one Mm -hmm. and then like Mm -hmm. this one i totally forgot until ryan messaged our group Mm -hmm. like just saw quantum mania i'm like oh yeah that came out this weekend (laughs) (laughs) and i i personally think that the second Ant Man, Ant-Man,
2: Ant Man the Wasp, was probably my favorite, just because I think mm-hmm. I don't know that Thomas some... the
1: Tank Engine moment in the first one. <laughs> that's <laughs> fair. That's <laughs> fair. That was a great moment. Um, yeah. but... What
3: What other MCU film or show shows us Modoc butt cheeks, though?
1: <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: you just spoiled the like. Sorry, the highlight of the movie.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. I died well, nothing for this. Well, none <laughs>
0: since he showed up in this film. So. <laughs> However, Captain Marvel does have goose. Mm-hmm. So. True.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah. Lots of bonus points there.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, so. It's Fair. goose
0: or Modoc's butt. Yeah. <laughs> that's what determines a good MCU mm-hmm. movie.
3: That's, that's, that is that's my criteria. So this is
0: I top. mean top. Love and Thunder it, gave us Chris
1: Hemsworth's butt, though.
3: So I imagine if M.O.D.O.K.
0: shows up in the Marvels. Imagine if Goose throws up M.O.D.O.K. You would just be so happy. Mm -hmm. I
2: I would not be opposed to as long as I mean, I don't want it to be written. Well, of course, but I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to the idea of a Marvel movie about Goose. Mm.
0: <laughs> well, I mean they tried that with DC, right? They did the Super Pets yeah. film. <laughs> they they can do this better. Right. Yeah. Well, well mm. Yeah. I'm sure they actually can. Well they have um they I have mean, the
1: crypto cartoon in the early two thousands was good. Yeah. So like DC can do it better. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but they have um what is what is um what is her name, the new Hawkeye. Kate Bishop? Yeah, she has her dog. Yeah. Right? So you have the dog, you have the yeah. cat. Like, you're starting to put together, like, well, a, su- a super friends team of you animals. You also have,
2: like, now Cosmo is going to mm-hmm. be, I think that's her name, Cosmo the Space Dog, right? They're right? going to yep. be in the next mm-hmm. Guardians movie. Yeah,
0: yeah he uh, He or she, I don't know which, I don't know what she Cosmo is. He in the is. comics, she in the movie. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, though, Cosmo's in the Christmas special. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there, we have three animals already to team up together. Yeah.
1: But Plus, will for- any of them ever be as great as the bat cow?
0: <laughs> no, but you could throw Rocket in there too because mm-hmm. he's technically an animal. Yeah, and you have, and they don't have bat cow, but you. they what have hell cow. Yeah, well, <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: okay, but so, no. as long as we get the goats from Thor: Love and Thunder, that's all I really care about.
3: <laughs> so, so we need an MCU animal movie, but also what we're saying here is we need an MCU butt cheeks movie. <laughs> <laughs> you Just... know what? Can we make it a crossover? Like, give, give us, <laughs> give us Henry Cavill too. <laughs> I will take that and if he's not Superman anymore they can find somewhere for him in the MCU true they've talked about that yeah. there's been yeah. rumors about that oh if they brought an X-Men and he
0: was Gambit oh <laughs> <That'd be good. laughs> um, OJ not Jared Leto's Gambit it, anything else you want to talk don't know. about I forgot now? everything
3: I, I, that I've <laughs> ever known thinking about Henry as uh, Gambit uh, no <laughs> that's all that's Henry all Henry Cavill's for me.
1: Gambit or Henry Cavill's Gambit with butt cheeks <laughs> yes yes, yes. <laughs>
3: All right, so Gambit wearing chaps. God. <laughs> so this while OJ <laughs> Well
0: OJ sits over there and dreams a little dream. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> um, I'll talk about a couple of things that I played. Uh, first is qubit um qubit qPID um, is uh, from the developers of the Atari fifty collection. Um They've been doing this series of, um, uh, of like, sort of 80s-style arcade games that they've been releasing free if you subscribe to their email newsletter. Um, so this is the newest one they released for Valentine's Day. I finally got around... I played a little bit around Valentine's Day when it came out, but I finally spent some more time with it. It's a fun little game. It very much reminds me of games I used to play on my Commodore 64. Um, you basically have a little character you're running through the levels and at any time you can invert like the gravity in the level. So make yourself or the enemies kind of like fly up to the ceiling and then you're running along the ceiling and then you can invert it back. And so it, it's a good little sort of action style puzzle game. So it very much reminds me of games in the style of uh, load runner or hard hat Harry or minor 2049 or, um, those sorts of 80s arcade and also computer games. Uh, but it's fun. And, you know, for a free game, it's uh, it's worth more than the price. It's the sort of game that, you know, you would definitely pay five bucks for or something. Um, the other game that I've been playing, I think I may have mentioned this previously, uh, but I spent a little bit more time with it. It's called Future Port 82. And Future Port 82 is a... Uh, free to download attempt to recreate Epcot center at Disney world on its premiere day in 1982. Mm
3: -hmm. So
0: they are creating a using unreal engine, a 3d recreation of Epcot center, Mm. uh, the entire park as it existed in 1982 when it launched. So, that means some of the original rides, some of the original buildings, things that have been taken down. And this is like a labor of love. Like you can tell that the people who are doing this really are like diehard Disney fans, mm-hmm. like at a, a crazy level. So, for example, they go into um, they go into the, the center buildings that have all the um, – uh, used to have all the future tech in them like the house of the future and stuff and they've recreated the beginnings of some of those it's not it's still a very much work in progress but the thing that's really cool is they even like this uh, videos that would play on the monitors back oh, wow. then wow mm. somebody awesome. somebody had filmed that with their home video camera
3: oh, okay
0: and uploaded that video and so they've put that video up Yeah, onto the screens and of course it's what somebody filmed while they were like standing there watching this in epcot center so there's people walking by in the foreground (laughs) and like you see their head like just Mm -hmm. the like silhouette of their head and everything but like that video doesn't you know as far as i know i'm sure somewhere in the disney vault that video exists but It doesn't exist anywhere else. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so, like, they're, like, taking this archival material and putting it together from different people, you know. And so, like, you walk through and there's signs and they have all the text from the signs. And, like, they've taken people's photographs from their vacation where this sign is in the background or somebody maybe, you know. Of course, back then there was no digital photography. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You didn't take hundreds of pictures on a trip. Mm You took, like, two or three rolls of pictures mm-hmm. on a trip. So you might have, you know, 100 photos at the end of a vacation or something, right, because it was expensive to buy film and have it develop. Um So they're taking, like, well, look, in the background of this photo, somebody has this text on the wall, so we're going to take that, and we can now apply it in here. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, meticulously putting this all together
2: That's so cool.
0: And so, like, the long-term goal, as I understand it, is to recreate the rides. Uh, That's really not happening yet. Mm -hmm. The Living with the Land boat ride, if you've been to Disney World and you get on the ride and you go through the greenhouse and everything, uh, they've got the beginnings of that. They've got the restaurant upstairs that, like, turns uh, as you eat and Mm -hmm. everything. Um, And so they're putting this together, and it's just really cool because, you know, I understand why Disney World doesn't want to put out this product about Disney World today, right? Because if you recreate Disney World as it is today, does that disin? Uh, does that you know? Does that discourage people from wanting to actually go to Disney World? Mm-hmm. Like I can save three thousand dollars and just sit at hmm. home and experience it, right? Like here, kids, here's a sixty dollars versus six thousand dollars to take right. you to Disney World. We have Disney World at home. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um there's your podcast title. <laughs> um, just do you like the
2: and like VR like roller coasters and stuff?
0: Yeah, and, and so like you know, I get why they don't want to do it, but this is a part of people's history and If you go to Epcot Center today, it is not this stuff. A lot of this stuff has been torn down. Mm -hmm. A lot of these rides don't exist. A lot of these buildings don't exist. A lot Mm -hmm. of this experience does not exist as it existed back then. Mm -hmm. And so there's this preservation quality Mm -hmm. to this of how do we take uh, real physical places and recreate them digitally so that people can re-experience this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're thinking 300 years ago, we don't have the mat- archival material photos and videos and stuff to know how to recreate that one-to-one, right? And so when when games do that, as often as an attempt, um, you know, of filling in a lot of the blanks. This, we don't have to fill in too many of the blanks. We know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. We have the material. And so it, it's really cool. It's a really uncanny experience um, as You know, when we were kids, we went to Epcot not long after it opened. And, you know, now I I went a few years ago and it's just not the same experience Mm -hmm. because a lot of that's missing. And a lot of the like cool nerdy stuff of Epcot is
2: kind (laughs) of going away.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And it's being a lot more, you know, just generic rides, which are great. I like rides, but like I kind of miss that classic Epcot experience. Mm -hmm. So this is really cool. It's free. You can search for future port 82. Um, I will say that it takes a fairly robust computer to run it. Mm -hmm. Um, And even on a robust computer, it chugs at times. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, you know, it's a work in progress. So you get what you get. Um, All right. That does it for what we've been playing. So let's move on to the news. Um, Let's see. Diablo 4 early access is coming March 17th to the 19th with an open beta to follow March 24th to 26th. So Diablo 4 is actually coming
3: mm-hmm. very soon, actually, just a little over a month. So, like, I, I'm excited, and normally I would I would join the open beta and do this, but after the whole Diablo Immortal thing, I don't want to seem too eager. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want to let Diablo know I, I'm not doing this because of, because of that Immortal thing. I'm going to buy the game eventually, but I'm not going to buy it on release. I'm not going to play the beta.
0: You don't want them, like, setting prices of, like, in-game yep. items and stuff based on how excited you are. Yes, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to try this at some point. I don't know if I'll actually get into the beta or not, um, mm-hmm. just because I don't know if I'll have time on those days. But, uh, yeah, that's exciting to see that actually coming out. Uh, Polymega is launching a free app in beta in March. Uh, so Polymega is a a game system that you can buy different modules to plug into it and then plug mm. your old cartridges, like your old NES or mm. Genesis mm-hmm. or Super Nintendo cartridges. Um, and they're releasing and all that runs via emulation. Mm-hmm. So they're releasing a dedicated emulation app basically um, to stand in, in place of things like RetroArch arch and um, MAME and other mm-hmm. sort of um uh, Uh, emulators that's supposed to be much more user friendly that's going to go into beta in march and they're also going to offer an excel cloud subscription service along with that which my understanding is that would keep your games in the cloud Mm -hmm. so like if you um, had a collection of roms that you legally ripped from your games that you own Mm -hmm. right only Mm -hmm. if you did it legally Mm -hmm. no downloading roms kids Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> who would do that?
1: Wink, can't, wink. Can't imagine.
0: So um, the, the, my understanding is that we'd like put those into the cloud and then you could access those, you know, wherever you were, just as long as you had this app. And theoretically, this app could run on a variety of devices. So that seems cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it depends how good the emulation is in their app. you know, I think their products have a pretty decent reputation, though they're not exactly the gold standard, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, Exciting news, Pokemon Day is coming February 27th. Um, They have a live stream announced for this. Uh, Scarlet and Violet was announced last year as part of Pokemon Day. So, you know, the odds seem... So, Pokemon Day would be Monday. That's the 27th. So, it seems likely we'll get whatever the new Pokemon game they're releasing this year is. My guess...
1: Most of what I've seen, and I've, I've been tr- actively trying to avoid spoilers, so I haven't seen a whole lot, but the big thing that everyone's expecting them to confirm is a Kalos DLC for yeah. Scarlet and Violet and potentially expanding with more Mega Evolutions and bringing them in. I, I did see speculation of Mega Flygon, mm. which would be insane. Mm-hmm. I I have my reservations about that cuz I don't love that they just give megas to pokemon that are already mm-hmm. incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Like some of the some of what made mega evolutions cool was like, okay, we can go back and take pokemon that mm-hmm. have traditionally not been powerhouses. Mega <laughs> yeah, Mega right. Beedrill. Like mm-hmm. Beedrill powerhouse in early Gen 1, mm-hmm. but very quickly gets outclassed. Yeah. But then you give it a good mega and it's mm-hmm. suddenly a actual mon that people use again Mm -hmm. so it's like uh, mega flygon would on the one hand be very cool on the other hand Mm -hmm. it's one of the top mons already right but i i'm excited because if if they do have a kalos dlc that was one of the games i didn't get to play because i never had a 3ds so i i would be excited to actually get to go and experience kalos
0: well, it, it seems like they usually do DLC for their big Pokemon games, their generational Pokemon mm-hmm. games, right?
1: Yeah, they did for Sword and Shield. Um, God, I guess, I guess, yeah, like some of the. I mean, the, the recent Rocket. ones, at least they. Yeah. I
0: feel like they have, and so I
1: think some of the three. I think some of the three DS ones did too. I know one of. I don't remember now if it was just Sun and Moon, or if it was Ultra Sun Ultra Moon that had the rocket, the Rainbow Rocket event, which I guess would have been DLC.
0: But, but it, it seems probably like a safe bet that we'll get something yeah. for Scarlet yeah. and Violet announced here. But, like, it also seems they've been doing... About a game a year, so it seems we'll get some Pokemon game like not a new generation, not like a a, a full follow up to Scarlet and Violet, but maybe another one of the remakes or you know another sort of side shoot off game like uh last year or yeah, uh,
1: people want a Unova remake, yeah, Unova, I mean, Unova. I don't know what's
0: <laughs> Seems like we'll get something announced there. Um, probably also updates on Pokemon Go
3: as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so and definitely a, updates on the anime. Maybe a second-gen Let's Go. That'd be nice. I'd love to oh, see that.
2: Oh, I'd love that. That would be good. Mm-hmm. Or, like, maybe a a more hard-boiled Detective Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Their <laughs> first M-rated Pokemon game. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like... I feel like a lot of it is going to be around the anime. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. today they released the visuals for two of the new characters mm-hmm. including we've got we've we've still got a Pikachu. We've still we've got Captain Pikachu now. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, can't, can't wait for that hat to come on to Pokémon Go. <laughs> <laughs> this I didn't hear about. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, so the I I have a feeling a lot of it's going to be focused around that just because this is such a monumental Time for the Pokemon mm-hmm. anime with concluding Ash Ketchum's journey, but I also feel like we're, we're definitely going to get Scarlet and Violet DLC, we might get a remake, and then maybe another. Is that pe- people talked for a while about Legends Celebi potentially being mm-hmm. a thing or like a second gen Let's Go, like you mm-hmm. said. That's kind of my expectations, having mm-hmm. avoided all spoilers. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they ha- they've had enough time since the last mm-hmm. Legends to do another mm-hmm. one of those, but yeah. you know, um, I would assume the same team, whoever did that first one, would work on that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I think almost certainly they are working on one. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm sure. Like mm-hmm. that seems pretty much guaranteed after the insane success of that game. Mm-hmm.
2: I'd like to finally see a Team Rocket game.
0: Yeah, well, maybe. It
2: could be a Team Rocket cooking game. You're making slow poke tails.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what the Kalos DLC
0: is. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Microsoft has signed agreements for 10 years of Call of Duty on Nintendo consoles and NVIDIA GeForce Now. So... Microsoft signed contracts with both Nintendo and NVIDIA saying they will support Mm -hmm. their platforms for the next 10 years, specifically with Nintendo that not only included Call of Duty, but also other Microsoft games. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So this is all part of trying to get their Activision Mm -hmm. acquisition Mm -hmm. push through, right? Like we are going to our competitors, our biggest competitors and saying, we will give you our the crown jewel mm-hmm. of this acquisition mm-hmm. call of duty will guarantee it for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've offered a very similar deal uh, to Sony. Sony has kind of thrown that back in their face. <laughs> <laughs> Sony really doesn't want this deal to go through or they want to hurt Microsoft mm-hmm. as much as possible in the process. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think the thing that really surprises people is call of duty coming out on the switch. Yeah. Yeah. It's, difficult to imagine call of duty that on the PlayStation five running on mm-hmm. a switch mm-hmm. and like what that experience mm-hmm. will be like. But like they have said, that's what we're bringing. We're bringing the full call of duty mm-hmm. experience. Some people have thought, well, maybe they mean they're going to bring call of duty mobile or mm-hmm. Warzone, and, you know, something that they can kind of scale down. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they seem to be indicating they're going to bring a full call of duty and, not like a, a side mm-hmm. project but like whatever that year's big call of duty game is um, it, you know that seems difficult to believe with the current switch mm-hmm. whatever the switch two is in the next year or so mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe that makes more sense with but mm-hmm. i guess we'll see um, I, I think it's exciting to hear that microsoft may bring some other games to the switch though mm-hmm. because they've done it in the past with the ori games and cuphead mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the possibility they might be porting over some other games to the Switch would be really interesting. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, bringing some of the Xbox characters to uh, Mario Kart. Right. Or, or putting Mario Kart characters in Call of Duty. Maybe Banjo, <laughs> maybe
2: Banjo can finally come back. Like, fully. I mean, I guess he did in Super Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm.
0: We need Blinks the Time Sweeper. <laughs> um. <laughs> there's there's a deep cut for you. If blinks the time <laughs> sweeper. Um, let's see. Double Fine has released a 32 part 22 hour Psychonauts two documentary. So you can That's find a lot of twos. <laughs> you can find this on their YouTube channel. Um, it's 32 parts, 22 hours completely. Mm-hmm. Some of the episodes are like 20 to 30 minutes. Some of the episodes are two hours long, um, but. Combine, they add up and chronicle the hit the complete story of development or, well i guess even first pitching psychonauts mm-hmm. 2 because they crowdfunded that originally uh the development of the game and then all the way through to the release they have done this before with some of their games um that's just really cool like if, if you want to know what game development is actually like if you want to demystify it for yourself the last one they did for broken age it was really insightful because it it was a whole lot of people just kind of banging their head into the wall and like they show the ugly parts of game development. And, um, you know, so like, if you really want to know what game development is like, I think there's very few better outlets than these documentary series that they're doing.
1: Yeah. I feel like, you know, when, when the Lord of the Rings movies came out and, Peter Jackson included in the extras like the entire Mm -hmm. process like that became something that people studying film Mm -hmm. like the minute that you said you wanted to go into making movies go watch those Mm -hmm. that that is your introductory course Mm -hmm. and I feel like stuff like this can be that for game development.
0: Mm -hmm. Um. Heads up that Cocaine Bear, which opens this weekend, Mm. also has an online game, a take on Pac-Man, where Mm -hmm. you run around a maze collecting cocaine and Mm -hmm. eating people.
2: Banjo is not doing so good, y'all.
0: That's why he needs to come back.
3: (laughs) He's got a problem. And Cocaine Bear stars uh, celebrated character actress uh, Margot Martindale.
2: (laughs) I beat me to it. (laughs) Because as soon as you said celebrated character actress, I'm like, I know who I want to joke about. I'm like, nope, that's who he's talking about.
3: And uh, I, what I will tell you is if you play the Crocane Bear game, uh, wear headphones or turn the sound down. Uh, because some of the, the, the audio in the game does not sound like it's a video game. It sounds like it might be some other type of uh, video that you would be watching and not want people to hear. Oh, my. <laughs> personal entertainment. Yeah, personal entertainment. So when you're killing somebody, they may make sounds that are more closely related to personal entertainment.
0: Yeah, we'll leave that there. <laughs> Audience can fill in the blank. Um, let's see. Evo, uh, the fight, the big fighting game uh, tournament, fighting game championship, has announced their lineup for 2023. So the games being played at Evo this year will be Street Fighter VI, Guilty Gear Strive. We should note that's the premiere of Street Fighter VI, um, you know, at a, a big fighting game tournament. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, Tekken 7. King of Fighters fifteen, Melty Blood Type Lumino. What? That's like, just like, such a great name. <laughs> a game I have never heard of. Yes. Yeah, all the rest of these I'm familiar with.
2: It, it wins. All right. It just wins for that. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> the, the title alone. Melty Blood. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, Mortal Kombat eleven Ultimate. And I feel like Melty Blood is. One of and I'm not even 100% sure, I feel like it's one of those anime fighting games and like 50 of those come out, I feel like, every month and I've never heard of them and I have no (laughs) idea what they're about. They're not like Dragon Ball or something where I'm like, okay, I know what that is even if I don't watch it. I have no idea what Melty Blood is. I'm assuming anime something, but... um, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate and Ultimate uh, Marvel versus... Ultimate
1: Morble? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3. Um, so that's the lineup for this year. Uh, obviously, Street Fighter Six will be pretty exciting just to see that for the first time at a real competitive level. And then, you know, some of those others are diehard fan favorites. Obviously, uh, Marvel versus Capcom 3 is always a favorite. So um, let's see. Bloom House the... Uh, the film production company that is uh, notable for making low-budget indie—I well, guess they're not indie anymore—but low-budget horror films—is um, getting into game development. They are investing in indie horror games, so this just seems like a perfect match, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going—they make low-budget movies. They're going to make low-budget uh, video games. All of them designed to traumatize you. Uh, Super Mario movie is getting a direct on March 9th. So March 9th you will get the final trailer for the Super Mario Brothers movie. We will finally get more than two or three words of Chris Pratt's Mario. We'll why? Get five. Would
1: they, why would they do it on March 9th? And not March 10th. Oh, that's a good point. (laughs) That you always abbreviate as Mar 10 and it looks like Mario. Why? Who at Nintendo made this decision? Because they... Chris (laughs) Pratt. damn it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So one thing that I heard about this, somebody speculated, was that it may actually be March 10th
3: in Japan. Oh, okay. Uh, Because
0: of the timeline and that it's March 9th here. Okay. See, that makes sense. I, but I agree. March 10th <laughs> makes a whole lot more sense. Mm-hmm. It should be Mario Day, but it's also Nintendo, and nothing mm-hmm. Nintendo does ever makes <laughs> any logical sense. Well, that's yeah.
3: fair. To be, it, also, to be fair, the the trailer that I saw before Quantum was pretty good, and I was like, "Oh, this is something I'd want to watch if it weren't Chris Pratt as Mario." But I may yeah. watch it to support the other people.
1: I'll say at this point, I'm I'm going for everybody else. Yeah. I mean, Jack, Jack Black as Bowser. Yeah. That's got me. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, speaking of problematic video games, (laughs) um, HBO max is reportedly developing a Hogwarts legacy series. This comes comes from giant freaking robot, um, which has a history of breaking these sorts of stories and everything. So, um, you know, this, there's some logical sense to this. I think, I, I think the, uh, you know, the the Beast movies have basically petered out. They're not going to do any more of those of the Fantastic Beast movies. You can't go back and remake the uh, original series yet. Yeah. I mean, they will someday, I assume. Um, and so if you want to continue to do stuff with Harry Potter, where do you go with it? And probably going back into the past is the least controversial thing you can probably do. Um, And on the
1: one hand, yes. On the other hand, how many, it's been, what, the third book came out in, what, 2000, 2001? So it's been 23 years that we've been asking for a Marauders TV show?
0: Mm -hmm. Just saying. Well, you know, I, I think this just like this is a new place for them to kind of start over, and they're not yeah. dealing with any of the actual uh, characters from the books or anything. So, or from the uh, the movie series, the Fantastic Beast movies.
1: Yeah, it. I mean, it, it is an opportunity for them to basically do uh, Harry Potter fan fiction, right? Where like they're using that yeah. world, but nothing. None of the characters that Rowling created, Mm -hmm. none of the plot points that she created.
0: And Hogwarts is, I think, a bigger part of that story than people often give it credit for. Mm -hmm. Mm Because whenever they've moved away from Hogwarts is when that series seems to have suffered, Mm -hmm. right? And the Fantastic Beast movies, when we move completely away from Hogwarts, you know, eventually in that last one they did, they took it back to Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. And I think in part because they're like, well, this is what people really like. Mm -hmm. Right, and if we don't have those original characters, then how do we ground this and make it feel like Harry Potter? And Mm -hmm. Hogwarts is the location that feels like Harry Potter, right?
3: Yeah, Hogwarts is also the least problematic wizard school. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, which is, I mean, it's low bar, but yeah. So, why,
2: like, within the Harry Potter
1: universe?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, why are they doing this? Well. The game had the biggest launch in Europe since Red Dead Redemption 2 outside of FIFA or Call of Duty. It sold over 12 million copies in its first two weeks. It is the biggest single-player game ever on Twitch. So this has been a wildly successful game for them. Um, I know we've talked about the controversy surrounding it. We've talked about our personal feelings. We don't need to re uh you know, we don't need to go back over that again. Um, but there's an audience for these games, right? There's a pent-up demand for Harry Potter stuff. I don't think that has anything to do with J.K. Rowling. I think this is in spite of her for most of the audience. This is a childhood fantasy fulfilled for a generation, you know, and including people my age, right, who didn't necessarily grow up with it, but... Mm-hmm certainly was a big part of their
3: lives and everything so Mm -hmm. um you know harry potter's two months older than me so so it's like i'm that age where they were Mm -hmm. the
1: books are a couple months older than me (laughs) (laughs) rude (laughs) love you
3: yeah. yeah so yeah like even those those of us who are who read them later Really connected with it, uh, like people that are mine and Justin's ages, Uh, even though I don't do anything with them anymore, that was part of the the big thing that drew me in when I was participating in, in Harry Potter Universe.
0: Yeah, the head of Warner Brothers Discovery has said, uh, as the only studio scaled in gaming, we see it as a meaningful differentiator and a substantial opportunity. That's uh, Zaslov, the head of Warner Brothers Discovery. Um, the thing to remember is, Warner Brothers, prior to this merger uh, and even right after it, all the indications were they were trying to sell off their game division. Right, They want it to get out of video games and big hits like this are maybe turning that tide. Right, And this comment directly from the head of the company seems to be like, no, we are doubling down. We are focusing on games because we see this as uh, not only an area where we can obviously make a lot of money selling video games, but then even adapt those video games into films and television.
1: Well, because isn't Last of Us also on HBO Max? Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah, which, of course, they didn't make that game. But yeah, but yeah.
1: if but it makes sense to give it to HBO Max mm-hmm. to develop a game when they have the most successful video game adaptation TV show ever.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and obviously the success of that was probably making them go, hey, there's an audience for these mm-hmm. video game adaptations. We should maybe be doing this. Like, I would... Yeah, I don't think this will happen because of everything that's going on with the DC film universe. But like a few years ago, before things had kind of been attempted to be strained out, I could see this leading to like an Arkham Asylum series. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that would make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. um, In this situation. So anyways, um, that's your weekly (laughs) Harry Potter update, I guess. Um, other WB news, They uh, in an earnings call, they announced Mortal Kombat 12 will get released this year. So that was kind of a weird way to announce that game. <laughs> I think everybody knew that game was coming, but <laughs> to have it confirmed that way, um, it sounds like it'll be out this year sometime. Um, they also announced, and this is not so much game related, except who the companies involved are. WB is working with Embracer on new Lord of the Rings films. So if you remember, we had a story a couple months back or so about Embracer had bought the film rights to the Lord of the Ring franchise. And we said, well, Embracer is a video game company. They're not going to make movies, right? They're certainly going to have to partner with a movie studio. Of course, they partnered with Warner Brothers, who has made all the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit films, uh, at least of the new series, right? Not the classic yeah. animated films. The Peter Jackson ones. Um, <laughs> and they're going to be making new films. Um, so tangentially I, I, game related. I,
1: I will say, I saw this and I just felt a pit of ice in my stomach of dread. And then I looked it up and they're not remaking Lord of the Rings. No, they're, they're making, expanding into more Middle Earth lore. Yeah. And so. For that reason, I am very excited, because I, I feel like it's too early to remake Lord of the Rings. You know, those are up there among the best movies, the best book-to-movie adaptations I've ever seen in my life, and this is for a series that is very close to my heart, and I'm it's too soon to remake the trilogy, but I am very excited to see more Middle-earth lore come to, come out in movie form.
0: Um, And last thing is, yesterday, Sony had a stay-to-play event where they showed off some new games. Uh, Specifically, they had some new VR games. Ones that I thought were particularly interesting were The Foglands, Synapse, Journey to Foundation, which is based on the uh, Isaac Asimov novel. Um, And Before Your Eyes, uh, I don't know if any of you got to see any of this. I didn't get a chance in that. I haven't seen any yet, no. Yeah, so Snaps particularly looked pretty cool. It was a stylish, the world is like black and white, but then mm-hmm. there's like flashes of color in it. And a very <laughs> stylish shooter sort of looked like uh, you were almost like playing in first person John Wick or something. Okay. Um, and Before Your Eyes, which apparently is already out on VR systems, um, is so there's eye tracking in the PSVR 2. Mm-hmm. So it can actually see where you're looking mm-hmm. uh, on on the screen, and it can also measure when you blink. And so when you blink in this game, it moves the scene forward in time, like it mm-hmm. jumps ahead. Um, so just an interesting, cool-looking game mm-hmm. based on the technology, using that tech to like make it more, you know, new, cool ways of mm-hmm. interacting with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also made me think, like, you know, the Doctor Who episode with the Weeping Angels, like, yeah, there's got
3: to be, like, a yeah. game that uses this technology. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
3: Right? So. Don't, uh, don't yeah. blink. Because the, the Oculus Doctor Who game has the Weeping Angels in it, and it's just when you're not looking at them. But I think adding blinking into that, too, would, ugh. Can you imagine how I'm, like, <laughs> I would creepy need, that would be? Yeah. I would
1: need, from the movie with the eighth Doctor, the thing that the master puts on him to keep his eyes open. <laughs> that's what I would need at that point. Yeah. Just like, don't even mm. let me, don't even let me think about the idea of blinking. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: They showed off a game called Chai, which is um, a kind of a, an island-based platformer, uh, 3D platformer. It looked really cool and fun, relaxing, and that's coming to PS Plus Game Catalog day one. Mm. So if you're subscribed to that second middle tier of uh, the PS Plus service, you will get that, sort of like they did with Stray. Uh, So that's cool to see more games coming day one Mm -hmm. to that service and everything. They showed off a game called Humanity, which this game just looks cool. Um, It is basically you play a ghost dog, the spirit (laughs) of a dog. So this is just what it looks Mm -hmm. like. And there are large numbers of people, and you're kind of leading them through this 3D world lemming style like Mm -hmm. you're telling them turn right here and -hmm. like you're having to move ahead of them and everything and then it just keeps escalating into more and more absurd situations like (laughs) at sometimes the humans are are flying through the air and sometimes they're making they're forming tornadoes and sometimes (laughs) they all have lightsabers and they're like charging one another Mm -hmm. and you're controlling all this through using this dog and then then they show that you can, like, build your own levels and okay. share the levels with uh, with other players. And it just has a cool look. It looks insane, but it looks really exciting. Um, you know, it, it may not appeal to everyone, but it's the sort of game when I saw it, I was like, okay, that looks really cool. It appeals so, to me. <laughs> okay.
1: That sounds like such chaotic joy.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I would like to see a lemming playing this and, and <laughs> killing all the humans off. <laughs> um, and we'll
0: get you back for those films. <laughs> uh, this next game, Ryan, I immediately thought of you. It's called Goodbye Volcano High. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the best way I can describe it is a rhythm visual novel with dinosaur teens.
2: <laughs> so is this, like, set in, like, the universe of that dinosaur, dinosaur show Disney did? Right? <laughs> oh, no, no, <laughs> no. It's the baby that I was like, not the mama. <laughs>
0: um, so this is, like, has a cool, like, animated style to it and everything, and it very much looks like teenage angst uh, visual novel, and so you are, like, interacting with these characters, and it's fully voice acted, and they're talking to each other, and they're, like... Dinosaurs who are standing uh, on a rooftop looking out and smoking a cigarette while they <laughs> they talk about how disillusioned at life they are. Land huh?
1: Before Time went in a really weird <laughs> direction.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm
1: just picturing like Doki Doki Literature Club meets Land Before Time.
0: Oh, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> but, okay, I want to play now. I want to play now. But much better animated. So like looking like very much... Full, like, animation, full 2D animation on, like, Doki Doki uh, Literature Club. And, uh, but then there are rhythm elements because mm-hmm. you're in a band. and So, so you're- add Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And so it's just a weird-looking game. But, like, also, like, that makes it kind of interesting, right? Because it doesn't look really like anything else I've seen. Um, and so I think people who are into rhythm games, people who are into visual novels seems if you're into both of those you've got to play this game cuz it just seems like right up that alley please
2: say don bluth is behind me <laughs> okay.
3: so is this a ps5 uh, vr exclusive or a ps2 vr2 exclusive no no this is not vr oh, okay okay
0: uh this and Humanity and, and chai are uh you can just regularly play. Hum- humanity does have a VR mode in it. Okay. But Goodbye Volcano High is not VR at all, as far as I could tell.
3: Okay, because I was saying that maybe this would be something that would have me, let, have me spend that $500 <laughs> just to see that.
2: Pink, Pink Floyd's the wall. Isn't there a song named Goodbye Blue Sky? I wonder if this is at all like playing on that. <laughs> I
0: I could not even begin to tell you. Um, when this started out, like, at first they're so stylized. The dinosaurs, I was like, what are these animals supposed mm-hmm. to be? And like, is that supposed to be a dolphin? Like what's going on here with these? <laughs> and then like, as it goes on, you start to see more of them and you're like, okay, these are dinosaurs. That's what this is all supposed to be. Um, Cause it's got a very kind of stylized look to it and everything, but it very much looks like Saturday morning cartoon. Um, so anyways, cool looking game, uh, particularly right. If, if either of those genres are your genre. Um, they also showed off about 15 minutes of suicide squad. Uh, so if you like the, if you like the Arkham games, this does not look like the Arkham games. Um, first off is all third person shooting for the most part. There's very really? little melee action. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so you are King shark. You are, um, uh, You know, you're Captain Boomerang, you're, uh, I forget the other two characters. Um, But anyways, you're just shooting people. Um, A lot of the movement looks really cool in it. So, like, it's a lot of fast kind of, like, smooth movement and everything. And you're, like, through this open world environment. So that all looks really cool
1: but definitely one to watch a let's play rather than <laughs> by
0: yourself. <laughs> I You know, like this is based on watching a few minutes of it. Right. So yeah. maybe when it comes out, everybody will rave about it. Right. Maybe everybody wants to play Harley Quinn with a sniper rifle. That just does nothing for me yeah. personally. Right. That just looks like a generic shooter that you put a coat of DC paint over. Yeah. And yeah, I know. that's how I came out of watching this. Um, but, you know, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They made three really fantastic Batman games, though I think the first one, Arkham Asylum, is still the best. I think they kind of progressively get worse from there. Um, so maybe this is progressively getting worse again, or, or maybe this will surprise me. So
2: Yeah, just I don't want to shoot guns as King
0: Shark. I want to bite heads off. Yeah. This is not the game that I wanted from what I saw.
1: Let let me play Harley Quinn and let me have the hammer. Gosh darn
0: it. So (laughs) she may actually have the hammer, and I got to admit, she may have even in the video, like, used the hammer, but, like, most of what they were doing was shooting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, it looks like it's very much a shooter. So. um,
3: Well, hopefully it'll be something like maybe Dead Dead Island where you can do melee or shooting in that third person.
0: Yeah, I mean, but you know the coolness of those batman arkham games mm-hmm. is like dropping down from above into the middle of a group of thugs and then like you taking them all out like mm-hmm. using batman's like fighting skills and maybe throwing a batarang here or there you know standing off at a far with a sniper rifle just doesn't look fun to mm-hmm. me
1: and well and again there's characters for that yeah King like- shark <laughs> Harley Quinn, not necessarily those characters. Deadshot is
0: in this and mm-hmm. he makes sense Deadshot would yeah. make
1: sense, yeah. But when you're giving people those other characters,
2: it feels like you're teasing that you're going to do other things and they're mm-hmm. like, nope, they're all going to play and do the same thing as Deadshot.
0: Like, mm-hmm. And that's how it looks. It looks like everyone is Deadshot. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that doesn't look interesting to me, but, you know, again, I'll give them the benefit of the I doubt. I look
2: forward to the game afterwards where Deadshot has an identity crisis when mm-hmm. everybody starts taking up his thing
3: and... Like, <laughs>
0: Who am I? Um, That does it for news. So for our big question this week, President's Day was Monday, and we're going to pick our Mount Rushmore of gaming characters. Mm -hmm. So there are four presidents on Mount Rushmore. We're going to pick four gaming characters to go on our Mount Rushmore. So this is basically if we had to pick four video game characters to go up on a mountain to represent video games, who would those four characters be?
3: So I think the first obvious choice is Jack from Strangers in Paradise (laughs) uh, because he died over and over and over for us. uh, He died for our sins. Multiple times. Uh, And then then brought back chaos. Have you heard the good word of chaos?
2: (laughs) (laughs) How are those sermons going, by the way, (laughs) OJ?
0: Wonderfully. (laughs) Wonderfully.
3: And... Um, all right, so um, we have we an elevation <laughs> for Jack. Enjoy our new
2: Sunday morning podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the Good word up. of chaos with so oh, OJ. <laughs> uh,
1: concluded with beat up in the parking lot every week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, re, for real, I feel like Pikachu has to be one of them. Mm-hmm.
0: Pikachu i I could see particularly with all the Pokemon and everything mm-hmm. he's, yeah he seems like an important character
1: yeah, yeah I he has to be one uh. I think
0: so do we put Mario and Sonic or just one of them
1: well that was kind of because I I think I said this earlier I could I thought of three and it was Mario Sonic and Pikachu mm-hmm.
3: right right
1: it, you know the
3: Mario Mario has to be there there Mario no... has
1: to be there no. Sonic has to be uh-huh. there for Sega
3: representation. Yeah, and like Sega representation. <laughs> I would have been 100% Sonic during the console wars. I I don't know so much now though. Well, I mean, it's not a bad choice, but I well, think he's a a little less than he was before.
1: See, here's here's my pushback uh-huh. on that though. <laughs> also keep in mind we're the day and age that we're living in with video game movie adaptations mm-hmm. how big the sonic movies were that's for fair. that that's fair so between his legacy with the console wars and mm-hmm. what he's done with movie adaptations mm-hmm. you know with sonic prime now
0: mm-hmm. so while we're t- just throwing out names does master chief go on there because mm-hmm. there was a time he definitely went on there mm-hmm. but master chief's fallen on hard times Mm-hmm. Talking
3: about butt cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's true. I, I think Master Chi probably has fallen out of relevance enough to not be there. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Would, I would say.
0: That's, that's hard. That's, yeah. I, like, I, I, I think you may be right, mm-hmm. but that's hard to imagine. Yeah. So, who else goes on here? Do we put a Mega Man or Crash Bandicoot? or I, was,
2: I mean, a we all Megaman? know who I'm going to say.
0: Waluigi? No, Gex. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Obviously, it's Gex. Like that's where platformers peaked. I guy, I, 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 I don't remember much about the Gex games. I played one, like one a little bit, and <laughs> one few times. And when I was a kid, I I don't remember them well. Okay,
3: I've, but Waluigi, hear me out. If there was a Mount Rushmore of gaming characters, Waluigi would come. And destroy one of them and replace it with his face.
1: Well, Waluigi wouldn't be invited. Yes,
3: exactly. <laughs> but he would show up anyway. Right. Super Smash Brothers all over again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, he
2: would, like, break, like, the spot with mm-hmm. Luigi's face mm-hmm. on it and put a giant paper mache mm-hmm. like, badly done copy of his yeah. face.
1: Mm-hmm. I th- Part of me wants Samus to be the fourth one because Metroidvanias and yeah, Samus Famous being is so incredible. Mm -hmm. But then I'm looking at I'm like we have three Nintendo characters, Mm
0: -hmm. and um, yeah, and we didn't even think of
3: Link. Mm -hmm.
1: We didn't we didn't say Link. And I I had Uh, Pac Man here, mm, also good.
3: Um, Cocaine Bear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's just
2: like
3: that's just Banjo having a bad (laughs) day. Do we put one of the Belmonts on the mount? That was my other thought. Was like
1: one of the Belmonts or Alucard.
3: I would put Simon as the the original. It's the representative yeah. of yeah. the entire Belmont.
0: Mm-hmm. And if if that's the case, then maybe we put Simon instead of Samus because he yeah. can represent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then we're taking a, the only woman off. Yeah. So I kind of feel a little awkward about that. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, Pikachu could go either way. Pikachu could be. That's true. Do we even is Pikachu a male? Ash's Pikachu is a male, but there are plenty mm-hmm. of female Pikachus. Yeah. You would have to do something to make sure that the tail was included. Are we going to mm-hmm. put
3: a bow? <laughs> <laughs> it could be Ms. Pac-Man. That's, that's true. That is that the is, better Pac-Man. Yeah. yeah.
0: So maybe we do Miss Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. So Ms. Pac-Man, Simon, Mario. That's Three.
1: When did we take Sonic uh, off? <laughs> well,
0: we we haven't, but like those are three that we we talked about. We didn't so. take
2: Sonic off. Also, two thousand and six did that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Boom.
3: What about E. T. though? <laughs> 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 oh, man. Um. Okay. You yeah, know, I'm
0: trying to think. Like, what are what would be the biggest franchise today? Do we put a Call of Duty soldier on there? Yeah. No. <laughs> a gun? God. <laughs> Does that take the Lincoln spot? Oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> that got grim. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: man. Send all your handy I mean. emails to Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Kirby.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. I like Kirby. If it was a Nintendo Mountain, maybe yeah. Kirby too. Yeah, gets on I'll there. say that's mm-hmm. kind of that's
1: kind of my thing, is like I, yeah. I you know I love Kirby to death, but mm-hmm. up up against when we're cutting down to four, mm-hmm. up against like Mario and Pikachu.
3: And Sonic even. I'm and I yeah.
1: pick Kirby over Sonic personally.
3: <laughs> And so, personally, for me, I would put Mog, but I I don't think it in, in general, overall. Because Final mm-hmm. Fantasy has a lot of characters that could be up there, but I don't think... That's
1: true. We don't have a Moogle or a Chocobo.
3: Yeah. A Chocobo, probably, I'd uh-huh. put over mm-hmm. Moogle. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But, uh, again, you could do Fat Chocobo. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, there...
2: Laura Croft,
3: it's hard, uh, yeah. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know,
1: know if we're no, gonna be able to make this. A I'm list surprised of nobody art. said
3: that, hurry up. Like, I, I,
0: I don't think Laura Croft gets on there, not anymore at, at the mm-hmm. height of her popularity, absolutely. Yeah. But like, she's even less relevant mm-hmm. than Master Chief at this point. I'm, mm-hmm.
1: I would actually say Master Chief is only more relevant because of the TV show versus Lara Croft, but but, it's, it's but with bed that bed said bed I show. also don't think that. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe they're both equally
3: yeah. sort of They're they're on Mount, Mount
1: Rushless. less. But also yeah.
3: including that then, what about like Joel and Ellie? Yeah, but I think you put I don't
1: know if there's a the legacy for that.
0: I think you'd put Nathan Drake on there before you put the two of them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> sorry and, and I wouldn't put
0: Nathan Drake on there I don't yeah. think Nathan Drake deserves mm-hmm. on there I, I think if
1: we're looking at a Mount Rushmore video game characters there needs to be the legacy mm-hmm. of
0: it what about q Oh. oh okay. we didn't say Donkey Kong that's another Nintendo character I'll say, I feel like Mario, Mario. And Donkey
1: Kong go together
0: yeah you could just put the you know, the four main Mario characters on there. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should
1: yeah. just put like a Tetris block for one of them. I actually <laughs> thought of that. I was like a Tetris block for <laughs> <the fourth one."
0: laughs> All right. We we don't mean this. This could be a whole podcast episode, yeah. so we yeah. need to get through this. Uh I think Mario's a lock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I think yeah. we all agree Mario belongs on there. Um so uh, mm.
1: I'm kidding. (laughs) We know you want Waluigi instead, Ryan, but... (laughs) No, I want Badoof on there.
0: (laughs) So, who else do we think is a lock at this point? Professor Oak.
1: I I would say Pikachu is a lock. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pikachu or Sonic? If you can only get one of those two.
1: Pikachu.
2: (laughs) Come on. It's Pikachu.
3: (laughs) I mean... The problem is that we don't have variety of representation specific yeah
1: for variety of representation to not be m- multiple Nintendo characters, I would say Sonic,
2: yeah, but then you're like favoring like platformers with like white gloves that side scroll and stuff
0: <laughs> <laughs> <You> platformist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You genre-ist. <laughs> what,
2: what What is it that like Tommy Tallerico would call people gaming racists? Yeah, my like,
3: gosh. I think we need another episode just to talk about this because this is a little more than a yeah. than, than a big question. I, so I think we can have an initial one and then have another. Have so we're going to pick one character per week. We could do that, okay? And say Mario
0: goes on this week. Mario is our choice for okay. this week. And we then, could
1: I'm down for that we could do a Super Smash Brothers tournament.
2: To mm. see who <laughs> <laughs> all right Ness? we'll
0: okay. do that <laughs>
1: so Mar- Mario is our first face on the yeah,
0: yeah, Mario, I think that's mm-hmm. a, an easy one everyone mm-hmm. can agree on. He is mm-hmm. probably the most influential video game character, like at least over a long stretch of time, right yeah, yeah, um so yeah, Mario is your first head on the uh. Mount Rushmore of video games. And next week we'll decide who is the second face that gets on there. And why it's Earth. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we uh, obviously have lots (laughs) of names to think about. (laughs) Um, All right. That does it for this week. I want to thank uh, OJ, Alicia, and Ryan. OJ just got some bad news <laughs> from the look of his <laughs>
3: reaction uh, via text message. So we'll No, it was it was Ryan mentioning Aerith, and I'm like, well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Aerith would really have the Lincoln spot both.
0: both. Oh. <laughs> see, I'm not really sure to decide who's on there. You That's see. worse <laughs> than my joke, I feel like. <laughs> oh, <no>. oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> So also a possible title for this week's episode, The Lincoln Spot. <laughs>
1: um,
0: which, out of context, just sounds dirty. So yeah. maybe, maybe not. <laughs> um, thank you, for everyone, uh, for being here and for tuning in. Also, check out SalukiGames.com for back episodes and other content. We'll be back next week with another episode, and we'll catch you then.